0: So Rob Better's joins us on the phone. You know, Rob, back in the 97X days, we used to have a program called Local Licks where we'd feature local artists. And I feel like this is more like local lockdown. So I just wanted to check in. How are you doing?
1: Well, I'm fine. I, I, I have a studio. I, I It was off-premises for a while. And at the beginning of 2019, I moved it home because my wife swan and i became empty nesters for a little while so i moved my studio home which now is very fortuitous i guess uh and i've so i'm I'm fully equipped in my own little spaceship studio place that musicians most musicians in the 21st century have some variation of, of that thing so that's I'm cool. I can I can make all the noise I want here. I just can't make it with all the people I want to make it with.
0: Yeah. But really, the studio is more for your day job, which is... Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Well, my day job um, is, is... I've done a, a ton of commercial music. I've, I've made lots of commercials um, over the last 20, almost 25 years. But I don't do that that much Anymore. I uh, occasionally I get calls to do projects. Uh, last year I found myself turning down some projects. Um, it's become as my kids uh, my kids got through college and everything. So suddenly the the money thing. The reason I did it in the first place is not quite as important to me. <laughs> I know, money's important, but it, it's not. So I, I'm back to being just a you know an annoying um, <laughs> power pop songwriter as much as I can get away with.
0: You can annoy us all you want, my friend. But, yeah. but I know <laughs> yeah. that this um, coronavirus lockdown is certainly a hit to uh, your house concerts because you've done a ton of those. How many have you done over the past few years?
1: Well, I haven't done a ton. I mean, I, I, I've, uh, I'm i over 40 uh, of them, which for me is a lot because I wasn't playing out a lot. Uh, the occasional gigs with uh with psychodots for a while, the you know even rare occasions I'd play with the Bears or something. But um, for me, it was just a a really cool thing. And 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 as uh, so many things in my career, I'm kind of forced into doing something I'm uncomfortable with. But I had some friends uh, who told me i probably really like house concerts, and as it turns out, I do uh, because it's the crowd is maybe it's like a classroom size, so there there can be a lot of give and take between songs, questions, you know what's that twang bar on your guitar and when'd you write that and things like that. so it's it's just a, a fun interaction and it's you can handle it because it's not too big a crowd. And I just love doing it. Um, what was the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that, that was exactly it. I asked how many had you done, and you said <laughs> yeah. you've done a few. And yeah. I've, I've actually attended a couple and then have watched online as you've broadcast uh, each week during the lockdown. But yours is different than, it, it's not just you with an acoustic guitar strumming. I mean, you've got a lot going on with backing tracks and things like that
1: yeah and and i'm doing it because the technology is there i probably i think emotionally psychologically couldn't have done it five years even five years ago but some something just happened and i i just kind of cast my lot with it uh the um the technology enables me to bring a studio more or less into a living room of somebody's house because i can play backing tracks Um, It doesn't seem cheesy for me to be playing backing tracks when it's me backing myself or, or, you know, occasional friend on bass or drums or or vocals. Uh, The first time I saw somebody do it was in the mid '70s. I saw Todd Rundgren open his own concert, uh, playing along with studio tracks, and I. Thought it was just thrilling because there's nothing more <laughs> I wanted to do in the mid '70s would be in a studio with Todd Rundgren. Uh, the tape broke in the middle of his set at Ford Auditorium in Detroit, and he just kept on playing, which was really fun and exciting. So I got to think uh, I got to see things go wrong, which is what happens in the studio. That's, that's where you get to make mistakes because you get a second or a third take. Um, so what, the way I felt about performing this way is um, people get to see me try to get it right on a first take, play guitar and sing, which is something you usually don't do in the studio. You do one or the other. And you know a lot of, a lot of times when you're recording takes, you might do two or three or thirteen or 27. It's fun to read Beatles history and realize you know Blackbird was maybe, take 32 (laughs) for (laughs) Paul McCartney doing that kind of thing. Um, But uh, so that's, that's what I do. And it's, it's really fun. It's like a tightrope act and exciting and super challenging. Plus I get to play a lot more of my songs than I've ever been able to play in a band. A, A whole night of the bears, for instance, I might maybe do seven of my own songs because other, other guys write songs. Psychodots. May, maybe half the material Psychodots Dots play I, are, are things I played, but it's fun and gratifying. You get, finally just get to be me for two and a half hours and play 22, 23, 24 of my own songs.
0: And so, so now you've transferred that to doing a YouTube thing every weekend. So you, you've got four... Already on online yeah. right now. So what prompted that? Yeah,
1: and what prompted it was um, because of uh, coronavirus. I canceled some house. I had to cancel some house concerts, and my son Noah, who is uh, works in production, stage, and audio, produ- uh, lights, audio. He had a really busy schedule booked for this year doing festivals and playing with lots of bands and or or doing production work for a bunch of bands and they got canceled and I talked to him one day and he had he had lost about 20 gigs and then a day later it was oh my god the whole summer had been put off um, and that might have been a 100 gigs and suddenly this uh, thing that a lot of people have asked me to do, which is stream a house concert uh, because they're in some weird place I haven't played yet. Like, you know, Austin or uh, British Columbia or Prince Edward Island or wherever, you know, where my few fans are, but they're, they're wonderful fans. Um, You know, how to get it to them without me driving there. And it seemed to be a way that I could employ Noah. So, we try. We started doing it, and uh, the the technical aspect of it was very daunting. I think between the two of us, we spent at least hundred hours fighting software, finding um, things that could work. Because I, I didn't want to have a podcast mic and try to balance a guitar and uh, a voice. With it, especially considering the fact that I'd have to be completely by myself, it wouldn't even be like tiny desk where you know there's a recording engineer or or World Cafe Live. Uh, you know if you go in there, it, it, it looks pretty bare bones, but there's a recording studio at that studio in, at uh, the studio in um, Philadelphia, and there's a mixer and and that's why things sounds good on on those radio shows how to do that on your own in your studio transmitting through a live stream was, was pretty, pretty tough. I guess I had, I had laid the groundwork for getting my performance right by, by doing uh, backing tracks and playing at house concerts, but getting it to, to YouTube or, or, you know, whatever, whatever platform you wanted to do, it was, super pain in the ass. I can't. Oh, my God. I mean, stuff just didn't work. And then when it did start working, the audio would stop and the picture would keep going or the picture would freeze. And finally, we found about, I've lost count. I think it's about five pieces of software, apps, between the phone and the computer and everything, that when you get them working together uh, and you turn them on in the right sequence and things like that, you can actually get a stereo stream with a video stream that sounds okay. And then it be, just became a, a case of me being my usual clown self performing and to no audience, to total silence. So that, that's, that's daunting in itself and very weird, but now I'm starting to just embrace the weirdness. I, I took a lot of psychedelics when I was young, and, and it's just it's just another kind of inner space exploration. And I'm getting a little more acclimatized to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we've noticed, and I've always wondered about that. It's like, what's that like? You finish a great song, and then silence, because there's there's no feedback from the audience.
1: Yeah, especially if it gets really loud and powerful and dramatic, and then you know, boom. And then, and then suddenly you're in space and, you know, I'll, I'll I'll tell you something that happened to me a long, long time ago. And it really reminds me of this. I I, I go back to it when, when the raisins were very young and we still lived in Toledo, we would occasionally open, uh, concerts for, for big, for big shows. You know, we've, hell, I, I've, I've been in a, uh, we opened for kiss in, in their heyday and we did this one show at the Toledo Sports Arena. We opened for kids in Raleigh, North Carolina. But um, but we played. We opened a Ted Nugent show, and I'd, I'd grown up seeing Ted Nugent play smaller venues. But for a period of time, he was like an arena rocker oh, in yeah. the late '70s. The Nuge. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the Nuge, right? Cat scratch fever and all that shit. And um, we play. We we're, were like, you know, these. <laughs> the sacrificial lambs opening for Ted Nugent, and and we did we did fine, and we, nobody threw anything at us or anything like that, and, and 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 we got off stage, and I exited stage right. The I, the rest of the band exited stage left, which went to you know off stage dressing room and dressing rooms and things like that. But I went off stage right, and there was nothing there, and I I just pushed my way through a door, and suddenly the door slammed behind me like an airlock. And I was in a big, vast exhibit hall with no lights. I was totally in the dark. And I went from this screaming war zone <laughs> to, and I, and I could just hear bare echoes because these doors were really big. Um, it slammed shut and I was, it was totally silent and it freaked me out. And I, it was, one of the few times in my life I actually felt, like, really lonely. <laughs> um, and, and I did not know how to get back. I, 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 couldn't, I didn't know where I was going, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't go back where I had come from. Maybe 300 feet away, I saw an exit sign, and I was starting to walk toward that. And then suddenly, these big garage doors opened at the other end of the exhibit hall, and a Jeep came just roaring up to me. Ooh, slammed on. A couple of big ass Labrador retrievers jumped out of the, the the jeep, came running up to me, you know, licking me and stuff, and jumping on me and everything. And Ted Nugent comes out, and he's going, "What's going on?" And I said, oh, I, "I'm in the band that just opened for you." And he said, "How'd it go?" <laughs> I said, "It went okay. Nobody heard us, you know." <laughs> <laughs> laughed at us because we're not quite as heavy as you, you know, whatever it was. And I said, I'm stuck. I don't know how to get in. And and he knew his way around the Toledo sports arena better than me. He probably played there 50 times. And um, he found the door to get back in and I went back to my dressing room and we packed up our our stuff and, and left. Um, Anyway, that was my big experience of going from a lot of noise to a big vacuum and it's kind of what it is at the end of almost every song I play at these shows. Everything except Ted Nugent coming to the rescue.
0: <laughs> we'll work on that for uh, for week five. We'll see if he can he can show up. Yeah. Rob, let's talk about, so we've mentioned you've done these house shows, and they're all available, or links to them are available on your website, which is dot net. And yep. you, you're doing them, you, you call them Fetters is Cheap. Because it's not a ticketed sort of thing, but you do encourage folks to contribute. So, how could they if they wanted to um, contribute?
1: Well, let me. I would like to stress the fact: no contribution necessary. Okay, Um, these are these are free, especially for musicians and anybody who's in weird coronavirus. Related uh, financial jeopardy, they really are free, free, free. On the other side of that, I'm well aware that there are people that do want to support what I'm doing. So I, I did a PayPal me at the at the behest of my friends, and that's turned out great because because people who who aren't in financial jeopardy have have thrown in whatever they want, you know, uh, a, a buck fifty on up. And, um, so that, that's helped and it's, it's helped me keep, uh, Noah on the payroll, you know, keeps me in guitar strings and everything. And uh, there, there's actually been enough. So I've been able to do a really wonderful thing, which is, um, send some, shoot some grocery money to a bunch of musicians who, uh, who I've worked with. Um, Some of who played on the backing tracks. It's kind of weird, you know, I'm doing these backing tracks. If I'm in somebody's house and I'm playing to 25 people, I I, I don't feel, I mean, I'm fine with playing with the backing tracks. But now when I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm doing a kind of a gig and there are hundreds of people watching live, maybe eventually, you know, a couple thousand are going to watch this, this video. I start thinking, whoa, what about the drummer? He's got to eat. Yeah. (laughs) So... So I've been able to do that and it's really fun and uh and I like shocking all these musicians. So <laughs> I got a I mean I'm in a house. I got a recording studio. I've got a, enough guitars and and I get to do what I love for a living. Generally people say that's practically magic in the world. So so I'm I'm a pretty happy camper. I I mean I know I need money, but I I don't need that much, and I ascribe to Charles Bukowski, who said the less I needed, the freer I became. So I try to operate that way.
0: Nice. Yeah. A- any other tips? Because I know you're you're a very Zen kind of dude. Any other things you'd suggest to people as they struggle with just nervousness and fear?
1: Well, um, you know, speaking of Zen, I, I do practice uh, Zen meditation. I've, I've got a really great Zen teacher, and he. We were talking the other day, and and he just said this fact, and I, I think people. It's worth being reminded of. He basically said, "Look, if you're not a, if you're not troubled by this, if you're not a, a little afraid or a lot afraid, if you're not at least running under the surface at a bit of depression about all this stuff." you're inhuman if you're a human being and you and you're looking at what's going on around us right now it's sad it hurts it should i mean this this is this is not this is this is our plague we we've got one now and it's really upended everybody's practically everybody's life I, I, don't think, I don't think it's healthy to, for people to say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. You know, maybe you should feel that way. Um, should, it, should it destroy you? Should it immobilize you? Well, it can, but maybe you have a choice. It doesn't have to do that. It, it doesn't have to do that to you. You, you don't know where it's going to go. And that should be exciting, actually. We're going to find out. But I would just hope that people get really inventive. And I've always thought that artists aren't a special creature uh, separate from, from other humans. Every human is an inventive person. Uh, and every human is tasked with reinventing their life from time to time. If they're lucky enough to live another day. And that's what we have to do. We just have... In one sense, we need to relax and roll with it, but I, I will say that just about every day I'm given I'm given something I just can't deal with,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like like some clown calling you up from 97x from 30 years ago and saying, "Hey, how about a podcast interview?" <laughs>
1: And me screwing up the time, even though it was on a calendar.
0: <laughs> I did send you an invitation, Rob. You know, I'm just saying.
1: I, I know. And, 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 I, and I thought, oh, I don't need to look at this invitation. I, I've got it on my calendar. 9 a.m. Well, yeah. no.
0: You were living on Tulsa time, I guess. All right, Rob, I've taken up way, way too much of your time now. So I thank you. And once again, it's RobFetters.net if you want to check out his shows. And if you'd like to, no, uh, no obligation, but if you'd like to contribute to help keep Noah and the folks that play on the backing tracks, get them a little grocery money, that's cool. Thank you, sir, for your time.
1: Thank you. A pleasure. The Future of Rock and roll. seven acts.